0: You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, recorded live on Tuesdays on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel, so if you are listening to this and you'd like to join us be able to direct questions to our special guests face-to-face as it were and um, then that's what you got to do pop along to the YouTube channel for the Sports Therapy Association also it's a chance to network um, this is the first Tuesday of the month what we do um, as advertised is we have a have your say episode which is where we invite members from the STA sometimes regional reps from the STA to come up and we have a chat and we talk about what better way I am just talking off air with our lovely guests tonight um, what better way to talk about real-life celebrations and issues and problems and worries and concerns than to bring up some real-life members up here? So I'm really looking forward to it. We're also going to talk about last month's podcasts. Um, so we're going to be talking about Sonia Fierro. We'll be talking about um, this Bailey episode. We're we'll talking about Bill Taylor as well, which was last week's. And then if you've got time, we'll have a little chat about what we're looking forward to at the Expo, which, of course, is this November 23rd, 24th. And as per last year, we will have the SDA Theatre there with some wonderful speakers throughout wednesday and thursday details of which we'll bring up during this episode as well if there's anything on the screen which we talk about and you want to see it then again just go along to the video version of this on our youtube channel i'm really keen to get the guests up here i don't think i've got any more um announcements or anything to say no that's what i'm going to do so in no particular order i shall bring up um people from the STA who will be joining us tonight let's bring up gary benson Founder of the STA. Okay, and we're also going to bring up Nikki Mansfield. Hey, Nikki, how you doing? We've also got Benjamin, Benny Boy, Mace Crosley. Hey, Benjamin, how you doing? And in our hearts, we are carrying Mr. Stevie Barr, who for some reason um, isn't on camera at the moment. Um, I can't see him anywhere. He did come and go. Could be a glass issue without stereotyping internet connection up there but yeah maybe it could be maybe the weather that's what i meant to say maybe it's the weather in glasgow but stevie bar will probably be joining us at some point so there we go you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy thanks for joining us everybody Let's just start with maybe um, a little bit of who you are um, and how long you've been with the STA um, and all that. Should we start with that? Maybe Nikki with you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm Nikki Mansfield. I'm a soft tissue therapist based in St. Ives in Cambridgeshire. I've been with the STA, ooh, two months now. I know. Um, I'm also a member of the ISRM. I've been a member with them since I qualified because that's who I qualified with. Uh, but I really liked all of your guys' um, podcasts and the support network, and it just—I just felt like something I wanted to be a part of. Um, as we got into the second half of this year, and you said yes, so I, I said yes.
0: Fantastic. And we're very picky about who we let into our doors, aren't we? Much. <laughs> um, so fantastic. Yeah, great. Two months. Fantastic. We'll be talking about that shortly when we hear about how it's been, how it's changed your life. Um, Benjamin Mace Crosley, thank you for joining us, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. How is it? Been? You're based where? in?
2: Um... So I'm based in Helsby in Cheshire. So just on the outskirts of Chester. I've been with the STA... Well, almost two years maybe i reckon um I'm recently a member of the ism as well
0: uh, yeah and i think this is the second time i've been on one of these podcasts as well So it certainly is it is so thank you for that Exciting. fantastic um and then also stevie bar's here let's bring stevie up as well now he's here i don't know how it's going to last for remember last time he froze didn't he we weren't quite sure don't hey I, stevie how you doing
3: don't even go there right okay um when when
0: you changed over, it kicked me out, so don't you start. I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Um, if there's anyone in this industry who isn't aware of Mr Stevie Barr, just in case, could you let us know who you are and how long you've been with the STA and where you're based? Oh, goodness. Uh,
3: I've been with the STA just about a year, I think, because um, I've only been in practice for about a year. Uh, based in Glasgow, uh, working in a clinic in the West End in Glasgow and also working with my colleague, the fabulous, the wonderful
0: Leslie Campbell. He's also a member of the SDA. Exactly. He's actually in the house now. Um, people listening to podcasts, you can't see, but when people who join us in the live lounge <laughs> leave comments and we can bring him up on the screen. For example, Leslie Campbell is in the live lounge and Leslie Campbell just said, Catherine, he just has issues with a full stop. This often happens. People just start their own little discussion in the live lounge amongst themselves, which isn't a bad thing. Because you'll be mixing with other therapists from around the country, and we've also been joined by Catherine Reimer, who is now um, showing lots of emoticons with smiles and tears. Um, but it's lovely when you do join us live. Becky Carroll is in the house, um, and other people. Lynn Powman is here, um, who says up, it's being up on screen. Nice Ben speaking for us Northerners. He's not really truly north, is he? Um,
2: I've
0: not when really we got somebody from Glasgow in there shaking his head. There, it's kind of middlings, isn't it? Yeah, that kind no, of, part of the No, I'm work. from Leeds originally. <laughs> that's getting... That's it's getting a, old, a little it? mono. Over. Anyway, so, yeah, thanks, guys, very much. And, of course, Gary Benson, who... How long have you been with the STA, Gary? It's been a while now? Um, yeah, it's been a while. I think it's since day one.
4: <laughs> uh.
0: You said, uh, how long were we talking? For people, we presume that everyone knows, but how long ago
4: did you set it up, and what were the circumstances? Um, I Please. think September 13, 2013, I had... Uh, bit of an epiphany and and was really fed up with the industry um much the same topics as we're talking about now you know out-of-date teaching practices etc um and I was a bit disappointed with the way I was represented you know paying my annual fee and 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 getting very little in return so um I, I walked away from the industry for for some time but you know people who who I knew, knew in the industry said, you know, we we, we want you to be involved. We, you know, you need to do something and start something for us, you know, and fulfil the promises that you've made to us in a, a role that I had previously. And so, I you know, I thought about it, for, you know, for a few weeks and then decided to, to set up the STA fully aware that it would add to the political climate and the confusion uh, about the industry um particularly because we're the sports therapy association and we were originally set up if you like to represent those people who had a foundation degree in sports therapy or what's called a two plus one where uh, it's a foundation degree with the option to top up if you reach reach a certain benchmark um if we'd have stuck to that 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 model if you like um we probably wouldn't be here today uh, because there aren't enough of those those people who who stay in the industry and whilst we have a you know a steady turnover of of members as as all of the membership associations do you know we we got a reputation for being very supportive uh, and we started to get applications from soft tissue therapists at levels three four and five um, graduate sports rehabilitators, um, some osteopaths, some sports physios. Um, so we, we kind of di- diverse and, you know, we have looked at our branding, but I, I think it would be, um, it wouldn't be good to, to rebrand now. We are the Sports Therapy Association. We do represent um, soft tissue therapists and, and sports massage therapists, as is reflected in, in our mission statement, which is accessible from the website www.vsta.co.uk. Um, So, yeah, I've been with it from the start. If if I'm honest, it's grown exponentially more than I expected it to. You know, we've got a a fairly big team now. Uh, Obviously, there's yourself, there's Scott. uh, You'll meet most of the team at at Therapy Expo, actually. Uh, Scott, our regional rep coordinator, is coming down. We've got Jake in the business uh, development and partnership development. He also does some of the admin. Um, We've got Fiona and Debs who are heading up the Women in Sports Therapy podcast series um so yeah there's, there's a few of us now and it, and it's good to be able to you know give something back to the industry because i'm not working in clinical practice presently due to capacity really i just haven't got the capacity to do it so um yeah that, that's where we are fantastic yeah and it has grown and grown and grown and is
0: is is being spoken about and being commented on in, in other disciplines as well, which is probably one of the nicest things to see. That because it started off in a time where there's very clear barriers between physiotherapy and chiropractic and osteopathy, and now it seems that I think we play quite a big part in bringing different disciplines together. and And this is probably going to be celebrated in Therapy Expo, which we're really excited. Everyone here today is going to be a therapy expo. And if you're listening, then everyone here today, all the Beautiful dulcet voices. You're here today. Will be there live in the flesh for you to chat to at Therapy Expo on the 23rd and 24th of November. And it's a right crack last year. It's so nice to see people in person. And we have a great time just talking to each other on the line. So imagine in person, it's going to be fantastic. Really warming. Really supportive. um, And recommend it if you're doubting whether to go. Then um, you can always have a chat about it um, by talking to anybody from the STA, your regional reps, or you can email Gary. Gary at the STA.co.uk or me, Matt at the STA.co.uk or just admin at the STA.co.uk. Have a chat with if you're not sure if it suits you. And of course, there is still a discount if you're an STA member. Okay. If you're worried about prices and you're not an STA member yet, then this might be the time to think, okay, this is one of the many benefits we're going to get. In which case, you can also look at the website, easy to sign up there. It will be cheaper than you can imagine. I promise you. And it's not all about low costs, but you know what it kind of is as time goes on isn't it um, it's just another monthly expenditure but there's plenty of reasons why you should consider us and again if you want to talk to somebody about that then just contact
4: us um and, Matt, uh, as, as we've um, as we've got bigger um, you know, as you identified, other stakeholders are are talking about us and getting in touch. And, you know, just as an example, I had a, a phone call from India this morning looking to um, to see if we could support some of the, the people involved in sports therapy over there. And so, um, you know, that's something that I'm exploring to get some international recognition programmes running. But, you know, as a result of, of us growing, um, it has become incumbent on us to to have policies and procedures in place for our members to support our members. And, you know, my job, um, you know, my my nine to five, which is actually eight until two and then, then six until eight every day, is supporting members in whatever they need, whether that be help navigating the website or the, the resources that we have, um, whether that be writing policies with the assistance of Scott, Um, But we've, you know, my role is supporting, as I've identified, um, but we thought it important as a result of some conversations we were having with with one of the major employers of graduate sports therapists in the country um, who place GSTs and GSRs in the NHS for the MSK care. And we you know we, we we had discussions about you know what my role is with the association and and that's prompted us after after discussion to come up with our own supervision policy and for those of you who don't know sort of what supervision is it's a it's a way of if you like identifying and developing personal and industry related um, cpd it's a way of getting support with anything that may happen in the clinic that you're unsure of it's a way of um supporting subordinates if you like so uh, if you do some shadowing for example with somebody they could be classed as as being a supervisor to you you know we have our mentorship scheme where uh, we've got about 15 people on the mentorship scheme at the moment where we get we have monthly chats and and group chats and um, we set targets and um, we support them in that way so that's a policy that we're bringing out um, as you mentioned, we, we've been able to negotiate good discounts with with a lot of the major providers, and STA members can go to Therapy Ex, Expo for £79 plus VAT, irrespective of the early bird price, the you know the price rises or the final price. Um, our members get our own price all the way through. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot happening. Um, the office is, is always busy. The phone's always busy, and and as you know, Matt, organising the 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 conference which you you've now taken responsibility for, you know that used to take up a lot more of my time which and i didn't have the capacity to do other things so i'm really looking forward to it and, and and last year i i've said to several people that i enjoyed it the most last year because i could then focus on meeting the members and and prospective members and talking to people with an interest in the industry um and i know we've got two joint members of the isrm and and the sta and you know we work closely with uh, with mel Cash and anna maria um, to develop those sort of alliances, if you like, and, and common grounds between both associations. Um, others we don't work so much with because we, we're not really truly aligned with, with what they do. But, um, you know, we are all friendly bunch and we, we do speak from time to time. I speak to Olive from and Basrat and, and Paul from the SMA regularly and Nick Mooney. So, you know, we are recognised in, in the industry now and it's, it's, it's just testament to the standard of our members and 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 our staff who are who are flying our flag and 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 giving out our message but you mentioned getting in touch with the regional representatives we've been working on the the website we were aware that if we put contact details of our regional reps on there then it's highly likely they would be harvested and spammed so we've been working to develop a messaging system so if you go onto the website the meet the team you can contact me underneath my profile picture with a contact form and that's something we're rolling out to all the regional reps should be done by the end of this week so you can get in touch with your regional reps simply by sending them a contact through the website you have to you know prove you're not a robot and then that will go directly to their email inbox but we we are protecting their personal data so yeah that's that's an update from for from me that's that's what we've got going on and I'm i'm just looking forward to this chat i'm probably going to hover in the background if that's okay so you can uh, send me back down to the lobby, and and if anybody's got any questions, I'll be able to then see the questions and, and answer them.
0: Okay, brilliant, Gary. Thank
4: you so much. Okay, well you
0: asked for it, so I'm going to send you back right down to the lobby. Um, if we need to be up again, there's always to see here for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you go. So that was Gary Benson, um, founder of the STA. That, I hope that's it. very important information to those of you um, who who are thinking of joining or have joined up. Um, and it highlights a lot of important stuff, which is which is which we're going to look in now in a real life scenario. Because the, the thing I look most forward to tonight is hearing from you guys, Nikki and Benjamin and Stevie, about how things are going in your practice. You're all working clinicians, but you're all in different parts of the country. You've all st- different levels of experience. So I thought what we'd do is spend some time just giving you a chance to talk about your business, um, a little bit of history, and maybe some current celebrations, maybe some current dramas whether you've overcome them, that sort of stuff, because I'm sure a lot of it will relate, not all of it, but it relate to some people. Oh, here we go. Those of you not watching, oh, that's no, fine. Those of you listening to the <laughs> podcast, um, there was nearly a, yeah, that's fine. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to do that. Um, if you do have any questions, people in the live lounge, if anything, which our STX TV is now taking it to the it's all <laughs> going very wrong very quickly. Um, if any of you do have any questions um, in the live lounge, that would be great as well. If anything touches or you just want to back it up or ask a question to anybody on here, then that's fine. If you are listening to the podcast, and you've got any questions, then don't get them to yourselves. You can either email them to matt at the STA.co.uk or hop along to YouTube and put them in the comments there. The conversation can continue, even though this episode might be finished and uploaded as a podcast. So, um, Nikki, should you start with yourself? If you've been with the STA for two months, but you've been practising for a lot longer, yes?
1: Yes. I qualified, I think it was 2010. It could have been 2009, uh, but sometime, sometime around there. Um, and as soon as I qualified, I started a home practice and I've kept that throughout uh, and then worked at different other places as well. So a physio clinic to start off with, a chiropractic clinic as well for five years um, and then a strength conditioning gym um, in a nearby village for the seven years up to covid Um and I think for the first five or six years now I'm reflecting on my practice now and practice then. I kind of I won't have coasted. I did all my CPD, but the C P D choices seemed a bit random, a little bit um technique so technique-based or joint-based. So kind of gathering, but not necessarily part of a of a of a quest or of a of a path. And then in 2017 I had a a vision. It just it kept me awake one night it came to me in such clarity that i had to get up and draw it all on my uh on my niece's big massive drawing pad um and since that and part of that vision was the the clinic or the hub or the place that i would build for people to come and feel better uh, and a big part of it was my move from a um I always joke that I call it a push static flesh. I, I thought I'm, I'm, I'm getting bored of pushing static flesh. I feel there's more to be gained by getting more movement into the sessions uh, for me, uh, but mostly for the client uh, and also with a kind of a lighter and lighter touch. So in 2018, I did two things. I started looking for an advanced clinical diploma uh, to kind of pursue this, this different direction. And Therapy Expo is a place where I looked. I'd been going there for a couple of years then. And I nearly signed up for Ruth Duncan's. And then I stumbled across James Earl's, which is a whole story in itself, and ended up signing up for that one. And then at the same time, I started building a team. So I I recruited a a little girl and then I recruited a little boy. And we started building a team at the gym uh, with a few different skills. And then... 2019 I was due to start, uh, no I think 2019 I signed up for the diploma and it was due to start at the end of 2019, got put back to February 2020 and then obviously didn't happen. So 2020 was, so between 2020 and 2022 they're, they're, they're the most difficult financially and diary bookings wise for me since I started. I've I had up until then eight or nine straight years of full diary wait list. That's one of the reasons I took on staff when I did it is to offload quite a lot of that. Um, and fun, emotionally, mentally was was um, it was kind of OK at the beginning, but then it just went on and on and on. And we couldn't see an end in sight. Um, and so that was so that's so financially for the past two years. It's been pretty difficult. Uh, it's quite tough. Um, but for the past year, on a more practice, personal growth, um, clarity of purpose front, it's been my best year in practice right since the beginning. It might be one of my best years in in my life in terms of how fulfilling it's been. So I, I finally got to do the introduction course to the diploma a year ago last weekend because it was Halloween. Um, and everything has just kind of spiralled since, since then. It's spiralled upward since then. I just kind of found my place. I found this. I was absolutely right about choosing that diploma, the content, the teachers uh, are awesome. You, you, you do know them. Um, you can mention them. That's
0: fine. Say them out loud. Oh, go, well, it's Lewis?
1: James Ells and Owen Lewis. Okay, yeah. And their um, their organisation is Born to Move. You've had James mm-hmm. talk on yeah. a of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they so the, di- the diploma's run as three Modules which you can take as standalone workshops, and we've I've had plenty of people on. There's, there's only three of us on the diploma, four four? so I'm for the diploma uh, in full in this country um, anyway. Um, but plenty more people have been on the workshops, and I've just finished the third one of those, which was Owen's, uh, which was hard work, really, really, really kind of like, um, but it's just so fulfilling. It's it's completely changed the way I practice, not completely as in I'm doing. S- Stuff completely differently i'm just looking at things differently thinking about them differently my couch now mm-hmm. is you can see it's it's pushed to the side of my room When clients walk in it kind of helps to give them the idea that maybe they're not going to climb on there and, and get squished and mm-hmm. squeezed around um maybe there's going to be some movement involved and there always was but i've kind of moved it out of the way but now it's permanently out of the way so i can start to i can start by watching them move and then if it's appropriate we intervene while they're moving and then we recheck check and so it just it just brings it much more alive to me uh, and there's plenty of couch based work goes on as well some people you try and make an intervention when they're moving there's, there's no way that body's letting you in or they completely stop when you put your hands on them um so it's it's just been it's been such a such a wonderful year uh, and another big part of it has been The forums, so the STA, the ISRM, we were kind of forced into online forums to, ostensibly at the beginning, I think it was to make sure the members were guided through uh, the COVID guidelines, what we were supposed to do for uh, hygiene practices, our risk assessments and things. And when I first started uh, 12 years ago, that five or six years I mentioned at the beginning, I very much felt alone. I was happy, but I was very much a lone therapist. And in the past couple of years, for the first time in my career, I feel like part of something bigger. And I feel really proud to be part of the, the things that I'm, that I'm proud of. And I've been to Therapy Expo every year since, I can't remember when it was the first one, was at Birmingham. I think the first year I went was 2016. Um, and I've always gone on my own. I always go there because I'm from the West Midlands and so I've got a place to stay. Uh, it's the easiest one for me to get to. All other CPD for me just seemed. Inaccessible. It's like you know, London, Liverpool, Scotland, Bristol, Birmingham. I'm like, yes, I can stay at mom and dad's. Um, but this year, I'm going to meet all of these these people that we've been chatting to online and actually put faces to name. I'm touch people because we're touchy-feely people. Hmm. And uh, that's an advance warning. I am going to touch people, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so excited. I'm so so excited. This this twenty year vision that I had in 2017 is now we're five years in I have made much progress but this year I've started to make progress and there are things directly as a result of what's happened to me over the last year especially my diploma and the people I've met on that that are now part of that plan and I've got things so exciting planned for for next year in the first half of next year that I could never have dreamed possible never ever even within this amazing vision that I had it's just been I mean it's it's still hard the diary is still not full but just in terms of self-fulfillment and and passion for this this wonderful profession that we're all part of of helping humans to move better I, I feel like the luckiest little people in the world. Wow that's quite
0: a, that's quite that's quite inspiration wasn't it Benjamin and Stevie <laughs> It was yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll go now. <laughs> <laughs> follow that it's just one question i want to ask because yeah. um it's really interesting that you the differences in cbd so in the beginning the first five years you were you felt you were kind of dipping into cbd here and there but it was there was no structure to it yeah but it's interesting because you were obviously spending money that cbd it was costing but there was it sounds like there wasn't like like a long-term investment it was all over the place but now you found something which suddenly makes sense and it's yeah. giving you a much longer um, sort of life expectancy of being able to use that information and, and people to work with and stuff. So that's, that's, that's got to hit home for quite a few people out there. Cause there's always this question for people, what CPD should I do? What CPD should I do? It's yeah. like the most common thing, isn't it? With particular, maybe younger therapists or therapists who are, who are into it. So how, if when you do, cause on social media, somebody did say, what CPD should I do? with the wise head you've got on you now and the experience you've had, what would your reply be to someone? They're going, what stupid should I do? What should I do? What would you say to them?
1: So I learned um, 20 odd years ago that I make the best decisions with my heart and not with my head. So um, I, I use my head to kind of input the information and then just kind of go, oh, okay, that's an idea. And then, and then it goes in the back of my head and it rattles around a bit. And then at some point, the answer pops out. And and that's where this kind of vision came from. Of, of And it was so, so loose that I wanted to be more movement-based and have a lighter touch. But the whole, the whole career shift, I had 20 years in a career before this, and the whole career shift was an idea that went, I want to help people more directly and I want to use my hands. And then that rattled around in my brain for about 10 years and then it popped up that this is what I want to do. And so for me... Because I felt those two things so clearly, I wanted it more movement-based and I wanted it as a lighter touch. When I was looking for an advanced clinical diploma, because I felt as if, okay, I'll keep doing CPD. I want to get stuck into something now. I want to be assessed. I want to do case studies. I want somebody to critique my my, uh, understanding of the subject. I started looking for diplomas and stumbled across James's before it it, the the long story shortened is it hadn't been launched yet and I'd somehow managed to find a website that shouldn't have gone live and these little things to me are are, are, are quite significant signs Mm. but you know putting that aside I read it and it felt like home it felt like yes it really spoke to me so if I hadn't have already known that I wanted to work more in movement and with less pressure, with less touch. I might have seen that diploma, say, a year previously and kind of went, mm, yeah, I don't think so. It's just, I think it was just because I knew my direction, mm. as soon as I encountered thing that would help me get there, it made sense. So I, I also would like to do with Duncan's um, uh, advanced certificate mm. and that's the one I was going to go with, mostly because that was pretty much the only one available um and i hope still hope to be able to do that one day but this one popped up and i went that's that's the one that's the one i need
0: that's cool so it's having saying, a clear saying, idea of what you want to do have the, a look around. The movement, have an the movement idea was the key what? word for you wasn't it
1: yeah just see see what jumps out at you see what no. um, feels right
0: so there you go hence the name mansfield massage and movement
1: it, exactly it's always been that Always since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. when all I ever did was push static flesh, I've known yeah. that it's that important. Push static flesh.
0: <laughs> that's sitting <laughs> yeah. up there now with Diane Jacobs and Jason Seal and all that. And Paul Ingram's now. We've got push static flesh. I like it. <laughs> Very nice. Right, that's really inspirational, you know, I'm really happy. It's really nice to hear you. you're in a great place. And and as a human, you feel more fulfilled. That's got to be a good business model. If you're proud of what you're doing, yeah. And you feel like I'm helping people, then that's got to eventually when the climate changes and that's got to be such a healthy um, business model to have underneath you that I'm really proud and fulfilled with what I'm doing. So, really cool. Very nice. Mike Benjamin, sorry, I know that's a tricky one to follow. Tell us about you, mate. Um, I mean, so I started started uh, back
2: in the 2019. So, my first real year into the industry was smack in the middle of oh, it looks like COVID. So, it's been a bit of a challenge, but. Um, I wouldn't change anything, really. It kind of gave me time to re-understand how I wanted to start it, where I wanted to be, um, which courses I wanted to do. Um, so I have started with uh, basic uh, I think it was Active IQ Level 3, then went into Active IQ Level 4, and then I flipped around with a couple of different uh, courses which I paid for and started and then realised it, it just wasn't really one I was after, one of them being the um, Corrective Exercise by Nessa. Um mm. I, just, I well. just really just didn't connect with it um, and, you know, joining you guys and kind of just being educated furthermore in, through my own sort of, um, there's, sorry, there's a bit of a feedback that I'm hearing of myself, so it's really off point Where's your it's microphone? Like, like I'm just going to say, delay. have you got
0: a... Bizarre. where's your microphone can you stick can you get closer to your microphone or is it on your Is it my ear all oh, right okay that's fine i just oh. can't hear you very well that's all oh really just speak oh, yeah, a little bit louder maybe that i think so try hi hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep going i'll let you know purposely speak a little bit louder that's all i don't want to shout oh, it oh you won't um... come across a shouting. i promise you okay
2: so yeah, so um, things just kind of just grew. I, I had my first clinic space in Chester City Centre, which was great, amazing footfall. Um, but then, as school started to open a little bit more back up, and my wife was um, getting back into work, um, I had an opportunity in this brand new sports community sports that we have here in Helsby uh, to rent the room out there. And it's literally a five minute walk from my house, so I can knit back home, uh, you know, take my daughter to school, pick her back up from school, come back down in the evening, and things just kind of fall into place from there. Um, So, this room, this area, this uh, this clinic I've set up is perfect. It's smaller than what I've had before, but it's perfectly fine for what I need. Um, I've recently joined.
0: Anna Maria Potts for the uh, Soft tissue Therapy Diploma. Okay. Which one, sorry? Great. Have you got your mic? Can you hold your microphone in front of your mouth? Just a little me. bit. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. We, no, we can, I, write we can, I can edit the YouTube video and kind of make your head a normal shape, but it's fine. Just stay close up to the mic. That's great. So, okay. Who are you doing um, the, the Soft tissue Diploma with? Anna Maria. Okay,
2: brilliant. How's that going school. for you? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I really feel like this is the course where I've learned a lot. Um, and, you know, it's even just going back to, it, and it's, it's not just the techniques, it's, it's understanding what we are doing, what we are not doing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and how to better communicate and understand and listen to the client, listen about their journey and how we can help from that side of things by just allowing them to talk um, and the answers come out so that's where I'm up to now oh no actually I've, uh, I've just started as well a introduction to physiotherapy at Rexham University so it's an access course because I'm hoping to do a physiotherapy degree in 2023.
0: What's made you want to do that? I want to work for the NHS Okay, good reason to do physiotherapy. Yeah. What particularly attracts you to that?
2: Um, I think it's the the patience and the caring and really making a difference to people who really kind of are in need of it. Yeah. Where the, the clientele who I see within private practice are quite sporty folk, a couple of niggles here and there, you know, quite mild injuries do a little bit of rehabilitation work with them and they're back on their way. But to, you know, step in with, I don't know, let's say someone who's been in a serious car accident and they've been left now with neurological um, you know, disorders through damage and trying to get their life back in track with them,
0: that's really appealing to me. Very interesting. Great. And from knowing you and sort of um I haven't met you in person yet, I'm really looking forward to meeting you um at Therapy Expo. But yeah, but that yeah. seems to fit in with the impression I've got of you, of this two D kind of digital image. You're a very caring, kind of thoughtful person. So I might be entirely wrong. Might be an absolute We shall see. Yeah. But no, it sounds like yeah, really healthy decision. I think um you could be private sector's loss and the NHS sector's gain. It'd be really exciting. Wicked. Mike, we left the man sitting too long. Thanks for that, Benjamin. And Stevie, how are you, mate? I Yourself?
3: am grand. Grand, you. said about a year,
0: you. did you? A year? What did you come from? Where did you come from?
3: Um, I suppose I'm a little bit weird. I Just, you know, don't answer that. Um, in respect that I came at this from the wrong side, if you like. I didn't come at it from like in a PT side and then decided I wanted to get into that. I came at it from initially from from the biomechanics side with Rachel um and got introduced to pain science explained pain and that was me I I just I I read that and thought right okay um I need to learn more about this and so started you know looking at Peter O'Sullivan and Greg Lehman and you know the, the, the usual suspects um I filled my head up with all sorts of nonsense uh, uh i took uh claire minchel's uh rehab for therapist course did that um and then and and then
0: i, just I was that he uh, you said you said i've got to do this for claire because she's on next week he said i filled my head up with all i can't do the accent i filled my head up with all sorts of nonsense I did claire <laughs> minchel's course we need a pause there like a, at least a full stop you know,
3: that I'm that definitely to- that definitely wasn't nonsense. I actually, I really, yeah. really enjoyed that, and it opened up my eyes because, like everybody else, I guess, I'm going to the gym and I've done the three reps of ten for years and years and years and years and years, and, years and, years, and then discovered that actually, there's a different way of doing this, you know. Um, so that, so that was one thing that actually opened up my eyes a lot about that, um, about rehabbing people and, and strength and 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 all and, and all that that brings. Um, but I got to the place where. I'd done all this reading and, and read books and, and articles online and followed these people, and I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with it all. And the only thing I could think of is, well, I need to get hands off. I want to help. My ideas similar to, to to Nikki's in a way that I want to help people move, but it's people who but but it's people who think that they are past it, too old to move. That you know. They used to do something in their 20s and now they're in their 40s. Ah, I just can't do this anymore. And and my idea is, well, I can. You know, but there's no reason why you can't. If you want to do something, what is it you want to do? Let me help you get back to that. Um, and, and the only thing I could think of was, well, you've got to get hands on people. That's got to be a starting point. You've got to get people to, to get your hands on and say, look, it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as you think. You know, we can we can do something here and get you moving again. Um, so I looked at a, a sports massage therapist and, and did the Level 3 AIQ. And that, that was during COVID. Um, and it was an unfortunate one because I started it in November 2020, I think. No, not, it seems that long ago. And then it was it was a good chance that we were going to be out again. Out of COVID again, but obviously we went back into it after the new year. So I had done all the preparatory work, I'd done all the all the the paperwork, if you like. What I really needed to do was to get onto the the hands-on days. And that took six months until I eventually got there. Um, and you know, you know how I managed to get through the hands-on stuff, I have no idea because I don't think I deserved it. I really don't. Um, and absolutely. No doubt in my mind, if it hadn't been for meeting Leslie Campbell and being able to to learn from her, I wouldn't be in the place I'm in just now. First of all, in terms of the confidence to actually put hands on people and and, and be confident that you, you can do that. And secondly, she got me into the clinic that I'm in, um, which is, again, which is a different thing. I, I am retired so this was, is this was part of my retirement plan as well, sort of thing. So I, I know it doesn't look like I am, but I'm 60 no. and I'm retired. And so um, this isn't a financially dependent thing for me. It's something I want to do. So I don't have to see, uh, you know, 10 clients a week, every week, you know, every month. If I see two clients a week, three clients a week, I'm, you know, I'm great with that. that that's absolutely cool. It's just... Getting to see people and help them, which I, I'm absolutely loving. Um, and so, all my clients, practically all my clients, come through the clinic. So the physios i have seen them first. They've done all the diagnosis. They've done practically everything, and I get my chance to put my hands on and have a bit of chat about movement and what else we can do and all that kind of thing. Um, so, so kind of that's where I am at the moment. Is is I'm in a good little place with a clinic. Um, I'm in a good little place with my learning because I understand that, you know, I haven't even reached the bottom rung of the ladder yet, if that makes sense. Uh, You know, I've still got like so much to to do, so much to learn. Uh, And and it's great. It's it's been, uh, you know, looking in COVID when uh, the Massage Collective were running their little uh, lunchtime ones, you know, I was lucky enough to be involved in one of those and I've watched most of those. The SDA podcast. I mean, all these things which have been available to to learn from. Um, getting to meet all the people through all of this, you know, all you guys, um, and and all the people in the background who are sitting there, you know, watching tonight, and and I've watched before, and who I, some of whom I met at Therapy Expo last year, which was a great experience because I, I really did feel last year I was I was possibly going to be out my depth. But but you know I wasn't I wasn't treated if you know what I mean I wasn't treated as if I was I was just treated like you know that stupid idiot from Glasgow, um but, which was you know which was great, um and I'm really really looking forward to catching up with people this year as well That's, that's part of the a big part of the reason why I'm going is just to catch up with people again you know and just that sit down have a chat not over a t, you know a, a TV screen or, or a computer screen um and 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 get that face-to-face thing going again and also the content is uh yeah I'm, i'm struggling i have to say for i have no idea who i'm going to go and watch there's so
0: much to choose from there really is so much to choose from there is indeed yeah there's an awful lot i mean you're not going to see everything but that's the lovely thing what i found as well from last year is because they're realizing now that you can get great CPD from sitting down and having a coffee with a fellow therapist. You don't have to go and see everything. So one of the great things about going to to the, the new kind of version of Therapy Expert for the last couple of years has been, yeah, you don't have to see everything. You can have a 10 minute conversation with somebody who's been somewhere else and it will just be enough to stimulate you and then you can go away and look up that person online and stuff. And so there's so many ways of educating yourself in a healthy environment. We all tell our patients and clients that you should learn in a playful kind of fun environment and that's i think what therapy experts turn into mm. you know you're so receptive if you're relaxed and calm and feel part of community your brain is just like the same five-year-old who hopefully you know is also feeling that same way of you know no kind of jealousy or kind of is just ready to mm. soak everything up so yeah we're all five-year-olds basically that's what i was trying to say in that analogy when you get to therapy expert we're all little kids ready to play football with anybody so yeah exciting thanks stevie i'm sure a lot of that um has rung bells hopefully with people listening um on the podcast gosh look it's 844 it's fascinating thank you you three for sharing um that insight into what's brought you into the industry all slightly different and yet similar things as well especially with the movement base and education um and learning mostly through support you know touch base other people so appreciate for that too um Right. Well, look, I did promise on the advert we were going to bring up a little bit and just chat about um, our guests um, last month in October. And um, those of you who listen to podcasts I've just brought up on the screen. The first person in our um, October look at people who have come to Therapy Expo was Sonia Fiero, um, who opened up in October. All of these people are available. They're going to be at Therapy Expo talking. Um, Sonia is going to be um, in the STA theatre. Um, on the Wednesday opening it up she's going to be at the round table as part of the women in sports therapy uh, discussion um, with uh, Dr Fiona Higgs and Deb sturlow Rowley and also Anna Maria going to be amazing four fantastic women four fantastic educators and experienced therapists from different disciplines are going to be sitting down chatting for half an hour about women in sports therapy it's going to be a real eye-opener and it's going to be interactive with people joining us so I, that's how I I'm obviously biased but that's what i think would be really healthy nice way to start off your wednesday at therapy expo i'm just watching and being part of that um sonia is in talking of women in sports therapy sonia it doesn't get much more well, no, i don't I'll be careful what i say now but no, i'm gonna change that edit uh, sonia had a child six months ago um, um which puts her into a position which many women find themselves in where they've got a child and then um they're having to kind of juggle suddenly something so important and amazing in their lives with career Sonia is a crossfit coach she's got her own gym, gym and business um she's also I mean huge experience it's worth listening to Sonia the couple of episodes we've done and um, she's worked with gb teams um across so many different disciplines um and um yeah the episode was great i don't know whether you guys had a chance to listen to it but it basically was all about some of the misconceptions in, in Doctor Google about what women can do prior to or during pregnancy and what they can do postnatal with regards to exercise. Did anybody catch it and were they kind of surprised what Sonia did or highlighted? Yeah,
2: I um, one of the parts which really stood out for me was where she was saying that um, just because there's not enough research and data on pregnant women doesn't mean that would go straight to the narratives being that they. Should Shouldn't be able to exercise or, you know, take
0: part in any sort of sport or treatments. Yeah. So the absence of evidence doesn't mean that something kind of can't be done or. Yeah, it was quite fascinating. I did some research and checked what the common trends are. And they're still so difficult with Google, isn't it? Maybe we all know it. But Google will put up the thing with the most hits at the top. And the thing with the most hits is don't lift anything more than your purse you know mm-hmm. that's what you should do in your first kind of 6 weeks no body weight exercises was a big result i got during the first 6 weeks no body weight exercises after 6 weeks try some walking and then there's sonia who again we should i should stress here there was a ma- massive medical disclaimer saying that none of it was medical advice sonia's an experienced athlete but she highlighted that she had support from professionals in the field um but she, and she she's a strong uh, woman obviously she's competed she still holds a national italian deadlift record but she was using the principles of progressive load to do body weight squats with baby so two birds with one stone um she was eventually doing things like kettlebell lifts and all just gentle progressions but it was a quite a wake up to what how we need to remind clients about how strong they are and robust, um, even at after time, you know, which we typically think is this person shouldn't move after pregnancy. So it was a real wake up call. Um, there's, yeah. a, um,
2: there's a coach in the running club here at Helsby, who was, um, she was running um, up until 37 weeks pregnant. There's a couple of photos of her online. still in a slap the search with this huge bump
0: yeah right yeah i've been overtaken by a pregnant woman in a marathon i'm not afraid. i'm not afraid to say uh, how did i feel i accepted it i'm a modern man not <laughs> was like oh, where are you overtaking me in this massive bump i thought it must be fancy dress it wasn't it was real but yeah, and I've also seen someone's waters break during a step exercise. She was the instructor, so growing up in that environment, I've seen what women can do. She was literally went to hospital during the class because the waters broke on the step. That was interesting. I was about nineteen at the time. It was a introduction to yeah something I didn't know about. But yeah, um, it's something we have to do, isn't it? A lot of the time. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean everybody can do that. But the message I got was reminding our patients how strong the human body is. You know, I guess you guys have to do that because traditional medicine kind of often makes us feel vulnerable, doesn't it? A lot of the language and the kind of fears. Um, Stevie, do you find yourself kind of trying to help clients realise that they're stronger than they think? Yeah. Um, and and,
3: and it's, it's a terrible thing to say, but it is very much directed at women. The guys don't get caught up in that so much. I mean, there's not so much, you know, you guys are weak. That doesn't happen. It's women, you can't do this. Women, you can't do that. And it's and it's shameful because there are, you know, there are more women on the planet than men, for a start. Um, well, are they, they're all weak, are they? Yeah, you've got to be kidding me. Um, some of the strongest people I know, um, I, I don't mean s- strong as in physically strong, I mean strong as in personalities, mental strength, um, a female. So, why the hell are we telling them that they're weak to lift stuff? I, I don't get that narrative at all. And yeah, absolutely. With clients, um, you know, oh, I've been told uh, I've got a, a, a weak back or, or a weak core, and, and you're like, right, okay, how did that come about? And it's and it's the same old narrative coming across the same old way. Um, and and uh, you know, the struggle is real. Look, you know, you, you are so much stronger than you think you are. Uh, and and you, you, you know, you look at all these things that you can do as a, as a, as a matter of your daily life, and, and then somebody tells you you're weak. I mean, that's nah, just, it's just not true. You know, you are, you are a hell of a lot stronger than you think you are. You just need to believe it.
0: And as someone who you mentioned has kind of studied and looked a lot of, it's kind of pain science and modern concepts and pain theory, the fear and kinesophobia and stuff can actually delay recovery, can't it? If you're not confident in your body yeah yeah i mean it, it's it's a, leslie and I were just
3: leslie and I were talking about this today. the fear of your pain can make your pain worse without you even doing the thing that you're afraid of just the fear of you doing the thing that you're afraid of can make you the pain that you get from doing the thing worse. Mm-hmm. you just simply put that into your head um and and it's it's a it's an understandable thing in a way if we get pain we we want to avoid doing the things that give us pain and and we and we over, we overthink it and, I, and that that's that is it As we overthink about pain sometimes um i like i like greg Lehman's idea that like you know poke the bear you know accept the fact that it might be a little bit uncomfortable don't make it worse but actually if you can just learn just to take that little bit of discomfort who knows you know, your tolerance can go can improve. You get you get you, you feel
0: better about it. Um and, and all you're doing is you're just poking it a little bit, you know. Fantastic. Okay, lovely. Listen, I want to move on to um the next the second guest we had who talking at therapy expo this uh, November. Who we have on the show <coughs> off. It was Liz Bailey two weeks ago. Um who um Liz Sports started off um sports therapy diploma, same as I did actually years and years ago, decided she wanted to get into physiotherapy, actually through need more than anything, because she admitted, or she told us that she's now currently working at the Lyceum for Lion King, and she's worked at various other West Ends. And you need to be an allied health professional. You need that certificate, right or wrongly, to actually get into that trade. So it's a good example of where, you know, you had to go through that. She's not using a lot of the skills she learned now, but she needed it to get through the door um but yeah fascinating chat from liz um about um uh, the course she has started um which was the foundation foot and ankle course um anybody get to watch that we'll see it yeah
1: yeah She's so um, very
0: very key what lady. did you pick up from it
1: um i um <laughs> one of the biggest things i picked up was how many bloody things can be happening in the foot mm. you know we you know this is why there are specialists And I was completely blown away by how many different conditions, different symptoms, different assessments exist to get a differential diagnosis about exactly what it was. And what interested me with this was it became so essential in Liz's job um, with all of her clients, but especially at the Lion King, where her decision about whether that person goes out tonight or not could literally make or break that person's career as well as their foot or ankle and I really I just had an awful lot of respect for her experience that has led her to have such confidence in in her differential diagnosis and her kind of interaction with the people going well can she go on if they go on and we change this and just just that knowledge and experience to be able to make those decisions and those be the right ones I just had an awful lot of respect for it. And then, what for me, it was and I started to understand that the reason why she's that good at what she does all started with her passion for the foot for physio for for dan- dancing performing arts, and she decided she, like you just said, she decided she wanted to work in that arena and she needed to be an allied health professional or going and become a physio and she didn't just become a physio to tick that box, she became just this extraordinary. I'm sure she's good at other bits as well, but she was there to talk about the foot. And it really inspired me that that such skills, experience uh, to such excellence in that chosen subject came purely as a result of her absolute passion in it. And she was she's just such a really good example of of what you can achieve if you are. If you kind of got that passion, if you've got that vision, if you if the, if you know where it is you want to get or what it is you want to do or be immersed in to go for it and and become a, more than probably what she ever anticipated i found it really inspiring she had a, um,
2: a lot that's of positive good. energy she's mm. very driven isn't she a very driven.
0: Material. usually i mean this is somebody who nearly gone to strictly i mean that's the level of dancing yeah. she was on she was like a, a step away from being one of the girls on, on strictly wow um, saying
2: that she, um, yeah. she she hasn't taken a day off in
0: yeah that'll be exciting Liz is going to be just to let people know Liz is going to be at therapy expo talking in the sta theater um on the thursday at 10 a.m and she's also later on in the keynote theater 1 50 p.m she was she was it she she stressed as well we've called it the dancer's foot but she was keen during the broadcast as well last week uh, two weeks ago Although it's called the dancer's foot, a lot of the stuff she's going over is just explosive stuff on a, on a foot, on an ankle. So obviously it could be applied to all different sorts of disciplines. Anybody who's jumping up and down and hopping and coordinating, which is basically every sport where you're on your feet, it could be applied to. So don't think that Liz's is just about, if you work with dancers um it's just uh it's just clickbait that's all that's all it is the dancer's foot comes up there in google search rather than putting somebody who jumps up and down.com it's not gonna work so yeah um yeah liz great really really good um episode and she is so enthusiastic she's inspirational she is a great example nikki summed it up she's someone who's reached heights higher than she probably imagined just by going for it you know she just yeah. looks at what she needed and she's gone for it so really good show and um, listen i've got to move things on because it's Last week, um, we had the wonderful um, Bill Taylor, um, who is, I mean, again, all of our guests are fantastic. um, And I thank them all for coming on. But we should not forget that Bill Taylor really is widely regarded as kind of the leading pelvic health physio in male pelvic floor dysfunction. It was a real honour to have him on. He's been in the game for so long, and in a part of the industry which has been tiny and still is too small. And it was really interesting to hear Bill saying, and one of the things I took away from it was we need, he said, we need more soft tissue therapists. We need more sports therapists, more specialist therapists to work with us in this arena. You know, we need you guys to step up. If you're interested in helping people in that way and working with pelvic health, whether it's male or female, talk to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to poo poo you. We're not going to kind of like turn you away saying, Oh, you're just a sports, you know, soft tissue therapist. No, we need you because there's stuff you could be doing to help these people. So, I thought that was a weird eye I could have. Um Anybody else get to see it, or anything taken away from it? The- yeah, I mean, I, I came in to it
3: just after the start, um, and 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 there, there was a really good reason—a <laughs> really good reason for me wanting to watch it uh, because I've had my own issues over, you know, the last. Since since seven o'clock on the twenty second of July, actually. Um, when that was the the, the the day when my prostate decided it was going to try and kill me. Um so that wasn't pleasant. Uh and 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 then you know I, I had to be taken into A and E for the weekend and then uh well I ended up being catheterized for two and a bit months until I had an operation. So that that was a new experience <laughs> as well. Um and and I was you know I was massaging clients. Um well I was catheized there was nothing nothing to stop me doing that um but what what I really liked about it was the matter of factness about it it wasn't it wasn't a sort of taboo thing you know it wasn't um he wasn't beating around the bush he wasn't trying to sort of you know tell a little story and eventually get to the point it was a it was the matter of factness about the whole the, the whole time that he spoke, I, I just found that to be such a pleasant change. I feel like because you know, guys, we are we are really really bad about talking about this stuff. I mean, we're we're really bad about talking about two things: mental health and pelvic health. We we won't we won't speak to anybody. You you know, you'll barely speak to your own doctor if you go. Um, whereas now, you know, I, I'm just used. to... <laughs> it's, it's it's so matter of fact. I'm used to being poked, prodded, and and you know, okay, right? Can can you undress and let me see that or let me see that? You're just like yeah, whatever. But that's what I, that's what I thought was the best part of it was the matter of factness about it, mm-hmm. and and just just as you said, look, there's so much out there that we can't cover, and and the, there are so many of you guys out there who could. So you know, if you are interested, then would a therapy expo come and say hi Uh, and I'll certainly be going to be doing that um without a doubt I'd really like to to listen to him again um because I I enjoyed it so much just because he made something that was uh relevant to me feel even more relevant by the matter of factness about how he did it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely Definitely a good idea to come along and listen to um, Bill Taylor, who's Bill Taylor, who's going to be in the STA Theatre on the Wednesday, of November at 1:45 p.m., just after lunch. Um, sorry, Benjamin, you were going to say something about Bill, were you? No, You were just agreeing with you, Stevie. I think we're just
2: agreeing. The one thing which I took from Bill though was uh, just um, that's sort of what. Steve? said his, his uh, communication is just being very much back and how he was. Uh, how he was saying, like, how he looks for uh, cues from people as a way into dig deeper into their conversation and into their personal no. life and looking for that opening and, like, right there it is right. I can now ask the next question and he can dig in. It was just, yeah, very inspiring.
0: I love that. I made that note as well. Because in your mind, you're thinking, right, what do I talk about? Do I talk about his scrotum, his sack, his balls, yeah. his testicles, his bollocks? What yeah. do I do? And he was like, just open the door and see what word they use and once they use the word then just use their vocabulary yeah. you haven't got to use any words you're not sure about because if you just give them the right questions they'll open it up and then you can just expand on what they say um which i thought was really cool because it is mm. overcoming that a little bit yeah it was good it was very good and um, nikki did you take any away from that so we haven't got we're running a bit out of time now but as you're the only woman here mm. i'm wondering whether for a woman watching that and working with guys whether it's different for you whether you think it is different from you whether it shouldn't be different I, for you or...
1: yeah i found myself realizing that i had completely kind of gone oh male pelvic health i don't i'm not dealing with any of that but the more that bill spoke the more i realized i have quite personal chats with my male clients about you know the groin area and use matter-of-fact language. Mostly to rule out the red flags um, mm-hmm. and my clients know from the how calm and how matter of factly that I do ask these questions that that they don't necessarily need to be um, to, to need to be embarrassed about it uh, but it did it did make me realize that i was I'm kind of like all I know is the red flags what do I do if it's got other i sign- 've got no one to refer yep. to so you know, it was really reassured uh, of what Bill was saying about how um Patients often remark, we get this a lot anyway, but patients often remark that this is the first time they've been listened to and heard. And I've had sessions with new clients where you can kind of tell straight away that actually the, the hands-on stuff is less important to them at this first session. You just need to be listening. And, um, and I think that perhaps in something as specialised and as, as Stevie said, as, as potentially taboo as male pelvic health, any, any pelvic health, I think that maybe that is kind of magnified. So this this idea that our clients or patients need to be listened to, and this is often, we've talked about it before on these podcasts where you don't get that in a 45-minute um, rehab session with a physio. So we get an hour, hour and a quarter to really talk and listen to people. Um, and then I was also really, uh, really reassured by when he did. He spent uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, saying how we can help right now so rather than just having to to quickly refer he um i really appreciated him giving us a bit of insight into kind of where the nerve path was from the from the TL juncture and if we just if we can do some massage that's going to ease that path uh physiologically but also just restoring the the kind of the the autonomic nervous system balance with just with calm in touch yeah. and just don't necessarily see them with if they present with a pelvic health issue, that's not all they are, these are people who've potentially stopped moving because of the pelvic health issue, and we already know how to help people move better. Um, so I found that really, really, really short. I feel like I can help people now rather than just kind of go, Oh, I need to refer you.
0: Fantastic, great takeaway, very interesting. Um, okay, well, look, um, we, we've got to 905 people, um, so um I want to say thank you to you guys for joining us live As soon hopefully people listen to the podcast I really like your feedback because <clears throat> we are like 2,800 or so people downloading and listening to this these days which is amazing because I'm not even sure how many soft tissue therapists there are in the UK or so it's, it's great you know I know I can't remember how many Gary said about 1,600 or something or STA members but it's really nice to know we've got a thousand or so who Or probably more who aren't sta members so i'd really like some feedback on whether you've felt the discussions from tonight been interesting for you to hear real life examples from from sports therapists sports massage therapists and different backgrounds areas of the country different reasons for getting into it it's all been very interesting so thank you guys anyway for for supplying that and people listening make sure email either go to youtube and leave some questions if you do go to youtube then just please subscribe the subscription for the youtube channel has been great it it just makes me feel really good that we're getting the message out there it's like 880 now or something um it's overtaken one chat live which is always kind of my goal which was great stuff down at 710 now so we're on our way to a thousand which is really cool because it means people get a lot from video video is really powerful it means people are watching it and liking it and um so do keep going along to the youtube channel sports therapy association and subscribe and put some comments in there um we can i'm, I'm going to do this obviously every month is have your say first tuesdays every month so if it's been interesting for you make sure you do come maybe join us live on the first tuesday of the month the next one obviously will be in uh december oh my god that sounds so close to christmas that'll be after therapy expo well, i guess we'll be talking about that um i do just want to make sure as there are 2700 people downloading this um just uh, you can't see it but it's on the screen now i am doing a um 100 press ups a month for cancer research uk so if you are feeling a bit charitable um and you want to donate just two quid that's fine then go along to oh my chest is gonna be amazing benjamin you give me a massage <laughs> on these, uh, boys when we get there to the expo something else but yeah i would like to donate um a couple of quid to cancer research uk then i've made a short earl for it which is easy for you to remember if you listen to the podcast just go to tiny com forward slash matt pushup okay that will take you to the gofund page whatever it is so it's tiny little tiny com forward slash uh matt pushup and like i say a quid two quid's fine please don't feel pressured to do some people have put more which is great but i don't feel people to feel like oh they've donated a tenner i can't donate less than a tenner it's not about that it's just trying to reach people and everyone putting a quid or two would be lovely um so that'd be great if you can do that um fine right that said and done um this has been have your say uh, episode 124 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. And we've been joined by Nikki Mansfield. Thank you very much, Nikki. And Benjamin Mace Crossley. And also Stevie Barr. And also early on, you listened to um, Gary Benson, who the founder of the STA. Next a... week, we will be here with um, Dr. Claire Minshall from Get Back to Sport, um, who's also going to be here with James Chapman double teaming james chapman of mental health first aid which will be a really nice combination um they're both speakers at therapy expo come november um so if you want to join us live then just again head to the sports therapy association youtube channel to Tuesday at eight o'clock and those two guests will be with us but i think that's it for tonight it's nine minutes past nine so i've kept you for too long um we could all say good night together maybe couldn't we shall we three two one hi folks (laughs) see you soon you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy